Hi guys, welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. It's so great to be back. Hope you've all had a wonderful week. I just want to thank you so much for subscribing and hope you enjoyed my first three episodes. I mean, wow, what a fair few guests we had on already and their stories. Oh my goodness. So this week, I am so excited. I have someone from across the pond, actually, a fellow wicked person who's also been in the green makeup. We have had similar careers, I guess, um, with our music and our theatre. She's been in shows like Waitress and obviously Wicked and Hairspray. She has a voice that will absolutely blow your mind. And the stories that we talked about, oh my goodness, I can't wait for you to listen to this one. Um, Make sure you tune in next week as well because we have a blinding guest coming up. But for now, we have the incredible, oh my God, this voice, Shoshana Bean. Shoshana, I am so excited that you have come on my podcast. I can't actually believe I'm talking to you, you know, in <laughs> cyberspace and uh, at this crazy time. I mean, we're over here in the UK, we're in lockdown right now. So nobody's going out the house, nobody's kind of doing anything. And there's a crazy, uh, you know, social media content going on at the moment. Everyone's gone bonkers. I mean, how is it for you? I, I, whereabouts are you in that in this space at the moment are you guys in lockdown or can you kind of move about a bit at the moment or what's going we're, on we're in lockdown but I'm in LA so things are a bit more spread out and people are a little bit um I'm gonna say taking liberties not in a in a totally defiant disrespectful way but there's definitely you know we definitely take trips to the supermarket and and things like that um but they did give us sort of a, a fear-based warning this week that was like this is an important week please 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 stay home um It was interesting in the beginning, people were like, oh, stay home. Cool. We'll go hike. We'll go to the beach. I mean, those were my thoughts. Exactly. Like we could be outside, but but it apparently got very congested very quickly. So, um, yeah, I've adjusted really well. I love it. I love having an excuse (laughs) to just like stay down. I never would have, and I'm sure a lot of other artists, um, feel the same. We never would have taken this kind of time off or given ourselves Mm. this kind of rest or break. So yeah, I, um, I'm a little ashamed to admit that I'm like really, really enjoying this time. (laughs) Has it, has it affected you in, have you had anything canceled? Have you had anything kind of put back, postponed or has that, how has that, how has that made you feel? How's that, how's that gone? At first it was a bit of a panic because in 24 hours, like an entire two months worth of work was just gone. But, but gratefully that was about it. It was like I had two months scheduled and then the rest of the summer was, was pretty open. So, um, it, it's, yeah. I mean, once I got over the shock of it and just adjusted to, the fact that that, that money wouldn't be coming in and (laughs) other ways to potentially generate it. And also like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the idea that like, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. And this isn't forever. And, um, yeah, I adjusted really, I, I just, I feel like because of our career and because of the fact that we sometimes go from feast to famine and, and have to, you know, we'll sign contracts for things that never happen. You know, it's such an mm-hmm. unpredictable career that I feel like we of all people are so well equipped for what's happening right now. And I think yeah. not just from our profession, but also from being, um, you know, a sort of a self-produced, uh, business over here. Like I'm so used to just pivoting when things don't go the way we plan. So this felt no different. It was like, okay, that's not happening. What are we doing instead? What are we going to do with this time? How are we going to generate income? Like, how are we pivoting? So I just, my friend Benj called it, um, green light minded. We just look for the green lights. That's a red, but there's gotta be a green somewhere. Where's the green light? 
So that's yeah. so true. And you and I, I, you have done so many different styles of things. You do musicals. You do your own music. You do concerts. You kind. I, I, I can relate slightly because I do a similar thing over yes, here, you and, do. and kind of you know I'm jotting around everywhere. And it's interesting you say about going for the green light because for me it's not necessarily I go looking for. A, a new direction I suddenly think oh I'm gonna do my music now or I'm gonna do a musical now it's a little bit about finding the avenue and and you seem to be so good at that I mean I love the fact of social media we can kind of stalk each other and <laughs> keep up and see what people are doing and, and it's, it's amazing and you seem to just be reinventing new aspects of your life all the time I mean is that is that you just lying in bed and your brain goes or is it is it the phone ringing or is it opportunity comes to you? How does that work? I think it's a combination of all those things. And I think that it started, yeah, I think it's just, I don't do well um, sitting still, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> so uh, my mind is always just thinking of other ways to make things, whether it's collaborating yeah. with someone, whether it's writing something new, whether it's covering something. I don't actively seek it out per se, but I've sort of learned to listen to those little, I call them breadcrumbs to just like look and listen for those little pings from the universe where I used to hear those and be like, come up with 9,000 reasons why it's not a good idea or why I shouldn't do yeah. it. And now I just go like, okay, I got this idea for some reason. Like, let's just see how far I can take it. And sometimes it's a dead end. Sometimes I've learned also you can have those pings and you follow them. And sometimes um, I've learned that if it's more effort, like if you have to, as an example, there was someone I really wanted to work with last week um, to make a video for something. And uh, if it's, if you're, if, if someone says, yeah, I'll call you in two hours and you don't hear from them. And so you're, if you're the one constant, it's like a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be the one. Go. <laughs> so I've learned like, okay, I'm not going to push this any further. Like I got the idea I thought this was the person like, you know, I've learned to not push too hard either. So it's a fine balance. And it's everything you said. It's sometimes it's the phone ringing. Sometimes it's an opportunity that you show up to that opens other doors. Sometimes it's your own sort of divine inspiration and idea. But I just try to stay creative, authentic. Mm. And really, it's just like, if I, if I'm not doing that, chances are like, I'm, I'm just a little bit uncomfortable and unhappy. So that's mm. really what drives a lot of what I do is like, how, how do I stay happy? I stay happy when I'm making things. I stay happy when I'm performing, you know, which I'm learning now in this weird time. Like it's also a little bit of a, you know, um, an, es an escape, I guess you could call it like, you know, the inability to be still and be with my feelings. Like I'm having yeah. to really face that now, you know? Yeah. I, I, um, I so hear that. I, I, a lot of people here are now starting to do online concerts and mm -hmm. home, concerts from their home and this, that and the other. And I, I it, for, for me, I'm, I'm quite comfortable being not doing so much. I've got a family and it's very busy, yeah. and, but, but, the the thought of not not performing for a little while kind of freaked me out initially and then eventually I caved and did one kind of free concert if you like it's not really a concert yeah. from home but you yeah. know I sang from my living room which was odd but yeah. it just what it gave me was just the release I needed and I felt like I needed to just do that and then I could go back around my day to day and I think that's just because I'm so used to doing concerts like yourself you're so busy and it's those kind of down times that 
it was the reason it sparked me to do this podcast. And see, and look at a, that. And, and there you go. Here we are. We're talking to you, and it's just yeah. it's this is brilliant. I love it. Um, have you had any moments that have been? Well, I'm sure you have because you've done some incredible performances and shows and Broadway shows. And have you had any moments where you do something so huge that and you're surrounded by tons of people, you know, orchestras, bands, whatever, company cast. And then the aftermath of that, that how you deal with that emotionally and uh, mentally, because for me, I it's. It's such a dramatic difference. You know, suddenly you're the person at home uh, doing your day to day. And it's not that you're not content with that because we've all got our families and friends that we love being around, but it's such a different thing. And it's quite a dramatic change. Have you had that? Do you feel that? And how do you deal with it? Meaning like the, the, the amount of energy that happens when you're sort of like doing a live show or do you mean like one-off concerts? Do you mean just the, the juxtaposition in general? The ju- Yeah. Like the position. Yeah. So it could be, it could be coming off a tour when I'm in tour and tour life is completely different. You know, you're in this, mm-hmm. this bubble for a, a period of time and then you're dramatically, you're almost like wrenched out of it. And then you're back home yeah. and dealing with the day-to-day life of going to the <laughs> supermarket and, and yeah. you know, it, just the normality, which is, which yeah. is very different. And I've been speaking to lots of people recently about it and just wondered if you, ha- if you have that, if you, or do you, or you just sail through it. Um, I think I, I, I absolutely have it. I think I've, I've, again, because of what we do and because of how every day is different, we, I have very little consistency in my, in my <laughs> life, unless you're doing eight shows a week, you know, you kind of yeah. have to set up a rhythm, but, um, I just have, you know, learn to just roll with it. And when we're on Mm. the road, we're on the road. And when we're home, we're home. And when we're in New York, you know, and I've just sort of learned to, I'm I'm still learning. I shouldn't say have learned. I'm still learning to find (laughs) ways to be consistent within Mm -hmm. that inconsistency. Cause that's the hard part is you're like, you know, my, my instinct at first was to be like, <laughs> my life is just so inconsistent. Like, how can I be expected to just have any kind of, like, how am I supposed to do this every day? And how am I supposed to be expected to eat healthy and work out? Like, how could I possibly? And then I'm like, that's the gig though. Like you, yeah. it's up to you to figure out what you need to be great regardless. You don't get mm. the excuse of jet lag. You don't get the excuse of I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't have my things. You don't get the excuse. Like you have to figure out how you can show up and deliver no matter where you are, how small, how big the crowd, how fancy, how ghetto the, the venue, like you have to show up. So, um, so yes. And also no, because I feel like I'm impossible to please when I'm on the road, I want to be home. And when I'm home, I want to be, on the road. <laughs> I you know, think that's one of us <laughs> little desire. That's like, oh, <laughs> I just want to be on the road. So I think it's, it's, it's been a journey to a, just be very present, where I am. And again, this time is, has like driven what that feels like home. It has solidified because it's, it's really hard not to be present right now because the mm. second you go into the future, it's panic. And the second you go into the past of how great it was two weeks before this happened, you're depressed. Yeah. So, and of course those would be the textbook definitions of anxiety and depression uh, being in the course. future, being in the past. <laughs> so it's been like this constant, like practice of being really, really present and given me a beautiful opportunity to set up some, some consistent practices and really figure out what actually serves me, you know, what actually serves. So 
yes, would be the answer to the question. It is, it's difficult, but you know, it's practice. <laughs> and what have, what have you found? Like what, I mean, like recently I, from, or in the last kind of couple of years, I've kind of found my yoga and meditation and it's changed mm-hmm my outlook it's it's changed mm-hmm. me completely I would say and I don't want to be one of those dramatic kind of oh I found spiritual healing and it's changed my life because that's not what it is but it it really has kind of calmed me and made me give me acceptance so what what it what is it that it has that you have found and that has well, helped yeah, you? not dissimilar to that I mean yoga has always been my thing but um with this time, I was like, what are all the things that you always say you don't have time for? Meditation, (laughs) reading, you know, pouring into that, what you're saying is sort of that spiritual well. And there's a reason, you know, everyone's so shy to say it because they think it sounds like trendy and like, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's a reason it works because Mm -hmm. it just gives you some stillness and some peace and some connection to, you know, a, a different frequency tapping into a higher energy that's like always available to us. But Mm. that has been, um, that has, that is something that I do not make time for in my regular life. And I have forced myself. I don't think we can. (laughs) I don't think we can. I think it's so difficult in in our industry. Yeah. Like, can we afford not to is what I'm kind of learning is I'm kind of like, you know, when you go into things with a clear mind and, and, and such specific intentionality. Like once I've started doing that, I'm like, how was I ever not doing that? (laughs) My cousin always says, whenever I cry, like I don't have time or I can't, you know, she's always like, but can you afford not to? Mm. Can you, I can't afford to time, money, whatever, but can you afford not to? And that's always the question I ask is I'm like, what's the cost benefit here? If it's, you know, and especially people who have children, I have friends who I'm like, please, please, please during this time when you're homeschooling your kids and you're trying to feed three meals and do laundry, like, please don't forget to take care of yourself. Shoshana, I don't have time. And I'm like, can you afford not to? Because then you're snapping at people, then you're getting in a fight with your husband, Mm -hmm. then you're spilling, then you're burning your hand on the stove because Mm -hmm. we're moving through with just trying to survive as opposed to like really being intentional and, and dropped in. And I know I don't have kids. I have a dog. She's self-sufficient. It's so much easier <laughs> said than done. I know, but like, even, you know, even just the littlest bits we can do make the biggest difference. And if you think about it, I certainly spend more than 20 minutes a day scrolling through Instagram. So I certainly yeah. can spend 20 yeah. minutes meditating, yeah. you know, but meditation has been big. I found this guy, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow did that, um, that goop series on Netflix. And Mm, there's this guy from, I think he's from, he's, he's, he's Dutch, a Dutch guy who does this breathing technique and the cold showers. I don't do the cold showers. (laughs) The breathing has been amazing. And also just realizing not just yoga, but like, I'm realizing like, if I get up and the first thing I do is work out, my entire day has changed. Yes. And the days where I don't get up and do like go straight into some kind of like getting my body moving, it's a different day. It's a different kind of day. People are finding that, especially at the moment. There's all a lot of online kind of home workouts and everybody seems to be, especially the theatre people, they kind of need to. They need to keep active. They need to keep their brains active. It's what you said, though. You said, oh, I, I thought it was so silly to do a living room concert. And then I did it and I had the release. Like we're so yeah. used to having an outlet that uh, our people, especially, I keep saying, like, just find a way to be creative. Yeah, just, yeah. So important. Because we're used to release a physical release, you know. So important. So going going back a little bit, 
I know you you have these kind of parallel um, two careers with your music and you've done musicals too and you kind of do them at the same time and uh, how you balance it all I don't know and get it fit it all in um, but what was what was first what did you what did, what did you see yourself as when you were younger what were you what was the plan and has that changed or did you just want to be a singer and it just took you any way it took you I was going to be a veterinarian so I don't I don't I don't think it's wow I have, a, I have a mama pup and five puppies in my uh guest bathroom right now um, oh, I saw that I saw that on your Instagram oh my god that's the perfect time to be in lockdown looking after puppies can, can you imagine yes I'm fostering they I was like I'd love to foster a dog you know help out during this time and they're like how about a mom and five puppies not what yeah. I had in mind but it's actually wow. quite easy um I you know, I think it was like Mariah Carey's first, second album, Emotions, came out. And a friend of mine had said, like, I had always been singing and performing. And, and I was interested in musicals because that was sort of the way to perform back then. There weren't like, you know, we yeah. had Star Search, but that was about yeah. it. It wasn't, there weren't a lot of um, opportunities to, to just be a pop star. So I, I had been involved in theater and dance and, and stuff like that. But my friend, like, made some comment about, like, I'm going to, you know, basically insinuating that this was what she was going to do. She was going to be Mariah Carey for a living when she grew up. And I, in my mind, I'm like, you can just decide to I didn't <laughs> make a connection that like Mariah Carey was a kid one day and decided she wanted to make records. Like I didn't get it. So then I was like, oh no, if, if, if that girl's going to, I'm definitely going to be Mariah Carey when I grow up. <laughs> and then, you know, to, to, to choose a college, it again, wasn't, there's a lot more opportunities for kids who just want to sing pop and write and, and record these days. But back then there wasn't, it was just musical theater. Yeah. So I was like, this is, this is going to be the access. Like I don't have any intention of going into theater or being on Broadway necessarily. I just want to be a pop star, but like, this will be a great way to go to college, still get to be creative and, and, yeah. you know, in music. But you know, that very quickly changed because, you know, I mean, at heart, like, I just am a theater nerd. I just am a musical theater person. I just am. <laughs> so, and then you go to one of the top conservatories in the country. Like, of course, your trajectory is going to take you to New York and then into shows. And, mm-hmm. and it just happened to be the thing that opened up the easiest and the quickest for me in New York. I was also meeting with record labels and doing these like R&B competitions and trying to find my way into the industry. And I would get like a toe in, but then I would get like a show offer, you know? So it was just, and back then, uh, you know, you couldn't do both. They just were not accepting you as, you know, they didn't really take pop stars seriously on Broadway and, and in the recording industry, if you even said you were in the theater, they were like, yeah, your voice is very Broadway. (laughs) That still happens. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There really wasn't a way to cross the line back then. And, and so I just went with the doors that kept opening and that was, mm. that was theater. Some of the shows that you've done have been, have just been magical. I know your journey with Waitress has been, uh, mm. you've, you've kind of come back and you, you opened, you opened in it and then you left it and then you came back again. Uh, no, 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 no. I have only done, I only just did it last year. Oh, I thought you went back in. No, I wish, I wish, I, I wish. I'm so sad they're all closed now, but no, no, I just came in. Uh, about a year ago for the first time for like, oh my, and how was that? I mean, I love that show. I the love Sarah of my life, the time of my life. I, I don't know what your experience um, was. You know, it's a tricky, tricky machine, but leaving Broadway the last time I was on Broadway was wicked. And, um, you know, it's a tough, tough show. It's a tough 
uh, machine to be a part of. Um, and it, you know, and, and being that it was my first massive lead, you know, it, it just, and I was, no one prepares you for that. No one pulled me aside <laughs> and said, Hey kiddo, they pulled me aside and put the fear of God in me. No one pulled me aside <laughs> and said, you know, if you need here, you know, here's what to be prepared for. Here's how to take care of yourself. Here's, here's my number. If you need me, no one said mm. that, you know? So you just kind of like, I just feel like I was like taking shots in the dark and some of those shots were mistakes and some was just dumb luck that I, you know, figured out how to survive. I, you know, mm-hmm. so when I left, I just, you know, over time I've just sort of grieved like, you know, the mistakes and wished for a do over in, in certain ways, you know, and, um, had regrets about not, not being pre- as present or as yeah. you just, it's, I, and I guess it's probably just the survival of the spirit. If you, if we knew how massive it was, if we were actually aware of it, when we were in it, we might have literally combusted. Like mm. I just couldn't take on like the massiveness of it. And, and yeah. so anyway, all that to say coming back 13, 14 years later with waitress was like, the most humbling, healing. I just was able from all those years of, of going back and, or, you know, tallying all the, all the wins and losses. Like I was able to be so present and so grateful. And I just, it was like, I I can't say enough about, you know, and I think it's from the top down. I think it's, you know, that team, that creative team, Sarah, Mm. obviously that cast, the crew, that building, the score, the show, the character, my co-star, it was just the most perfect, magical, healing, transformative gift. I just, I can't believe it. So I'll be back with Shoshana any minute now. But if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. And also, if you want to tell your friends about it, that would be great too. And don't forget to leave your five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store. Talking about Wicked, because obviously we have that in common, you say you came into it not obviously knowing the pressure of it. I don't think any any of us did. <laughs> I don't think any of us were ready. Um, and I'm not sure that the, the producers, or, or they, they knew either. I think everybody was kind of surviving it together. Did you find a pressure... Um, did you find a pressure because of how the show is is promoted with the two witches and your names above the title? It's very about the green witch doing as many shows mm-hmm. as you can a week. And did you find did you find that pressure? Um, did, yeah. you, did you find it a pressure of people coming to see you? And if you weren't there, how you dealt with that? Yeah, I think the first initial pressure was just like. And I'm, I don't really quite remember how I dealt with it. I think I just sort of like was in, not in denial. I was very aware of it, but I just kind of de- downplayed myself and my own skills. <laughs> how do I say this? <laughs> because I was afraid that if I led with confidence and self-assuredness that I would appear um disrespectful. I knew that I was in the shadow of Adina Menzel is the bottom line. I was in my mind... Hmm. I'm not important. I'm literally replacing someone. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I know you're coming to, I'm not Adina. Like I'm not going to be, she's the queen. She's your, like she, please don't expect. I, you know, I kind of just downplayed my own power. I I disempowered myself because I didn't want, Mm -hmm. 
I just didn't want to hold my own power in, in, you know, in her wake essentially. Um, which only went so far. I think when Joe finally came and saw the show, he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you even doing up there? Um, and that's when I was like, I guess I got to make a decision to either own this or, you know, or continue to be, you know, um, the, yes. And the biggest pressure of course was always do not miss the show. I mean, that was the first conversation, do whatever you have to do, but you have, you know, be here eight shows a week. Um, Hmm. which I think we all carried until the point that we realized like we're human. We're not going to be reckless and out there drinking till 4am and like taking on other gigs and do you know, but we are human and it is a Petri dish and it is a great, great, great responsibility. Um, so yeah, hmm. I would say that that was the biggest pressure was just, you know, the fear of like what happens for the first, what happens the first time I call out, you know what I mean? Um, but for all the young ones listening, you know, I know everyone knows if you push too hard yeah. and you wait too long to call out or you come back too soon, you're going to be out longer. Yes. So there's a fine line between the old workhorses yeah. like us who are like, I'm never missing a show. I'm going to, you know, go until yes. I'm literally on steroids for two weeks or the, the, the younger generation who calls out like all the time, you know, they call out for a paper cut. So I think there's like, <laughs> wait. A fine line. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm not thinking of anyone specific by any means. I just know that like, I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a different, yeah, there's a fine, there's a middle ground between that. There is. No, there definitely is. There's a, it's changed. Mm-hmm. The industry has changed and I think it will continue to change. I think it's, especially with social media, people can become their own stars before they yeah. do anything else, you know, and I think it, it is producing certain celebrities for yeah. all their content and how that translates on stage or in music, I, yeah. you know, we're yet to see. Do you have a preference? I mean, if you could, if you could just do something for the rest of your life, would it just, would you still continue to do everything or do you, do you kind of enjoy the musicals more because you get to be around more people or, or is it music that drives you? Is it a bit of everything? Is that an impossible question? No, it's a <laughs> very easy question. I think that at different times in uh, my life, especially after Wicked, I would have said it's very black and white. I just want to make music. I just want to. But oh. <laughs> Scars, everybody. <laughs> yeah. But also just like, I felt like it was less the scars and more like, okay, I came to New York and I did what I came to do. You know, I came, I originated yeah. a show, which was the best, you know, Hairspray was the most beautiful two years of my life. I, you know, starred, like you said, above the title in one of the most massive shows probably of that I'll see in my lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good and I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> what's going to yeah. be, <laughs> and I don't want to sing for a little, what's going to be bigger and better than Alphaba? Like, honestly, you know, yeah. Fanny Bryce, that's the only other thing that's going to ever top this. Yeah. So I'm out. And then I wanted to just <laughs> put in the same kind of time and energy to get my recording career where I felt that I had gotten my, my theatrical career. And, I don't feel that that has happened yet in the way that I had imagined and still envision and, and, and desire. But I did come to realize, you know, I'd say within the past five or six years that like you can do all. And, and also the industry has now allowed us to do all these things. And I think social media is a big, Mm. big part of that. Um, I, love popping into a show. I love touring my music. I love making, I I love all of this. I want to do all of this, you know? So Mm -hmm. that is a very easy, easy answer. I just, cause I love like, 
you know, still learning about different things. You know, I've, I've been involved in sort of writing some, some television now, and that's a whole other weird world. And like, you know, there's, I just, I want to do it all. And, and Mm. yeah. Have you had, have you ever been in a part or a point where your voice has, where you've, where you've kind of overshot it and you've <laughs> lost it or you've, and you've had that moment of, I could only cause I can speak from experience like, and I've done it. Who are you talking to? Fearful thing. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fearful thing in my life, it's terrifying. It's because it's our tool and it's our, it's what we do. And to have that wobble is, is very debilitating. It's like losing a limb. Um, have you had it? Oh yeah. When was it? And how did you get out of it? (laughs) Um, yes, of course. There's always over time have been those moments where you just blew it out. I mean, I think I did it quite a, quite frequently when I was younger, like when I first started, I think my first HOE gig was Godspell off Broadway. And I was, you know, we not only had our big solos and mine, I of course made impossible for myself belting and whistle toning. And and then we had to sing the entire show as, as the ensemble too. So that was a murderer. I was on steroids frequently back then. Wow. Um, And then of course, once you get into uh, wicked, you, you have to figure out how to maintain. And that means mixing things. And that means B shows. And that means all kinds of things Mm. as I would say about three years ago, um, when I was on the road in London, Europe, touring my music, um, I started to notice just like the recovery time wasn't as fast. Yes. The, I was losing top. I was losing notes. I was like, what is happening? And then it just like, it just kind of kept going. And I found, you know, I of course went to the voice doctors and they were, it was just, they had nothing to say. It's chronic swelling. It's chronic swelling. It's chronic swelling. And I'm like, but I can't take six weeks off to rest. Like I have to mm. work. So finally yeah. I found this new amazing voice teacher who just like built me, rebuilt me from the, from the bottom up. And I would say that was about two, two years ago, I guess now, maybe three. And of course pieces have, have come back together really easily, but I just had a lesson during quarantine and I'm like, Oh my God, like, now we get to work because like, it's all put back together. Like it took time and it took consistency and it took, um, trial and error. And, and it's, it's been an amazing journey, but I will say this, not only the actual working of the technique, but I also in going back to waitress last year had to deal with a lot of fear going back because of having vocal issues two or three years ago, because of oh my gosh, also yeah. had been sick for like three months. Like all I had to deal with like yeah. so much paralyzing. What if I can't stay healthy? What if I can't, what if my voice yeah. doesn't know how to do eight shows a week? And I haven't done eight shows a week in 14 years, you know? Um, and I met this incredible woman and, and what you said is the biggest factor in all of that is, is the fear. The fear is mm. the second you feel something you kick into like, fear mode because it is our lifeblood. And then that sets off a whole chain of events that inevitably causes laryngitis, causes you to be sick, causes uh, yeah. you to throw out your back. <laughs> Something happens. So this woman, Nicole Sachs, I, I shout her name from the rooftops. Her practice, she's, her practice is for chronic pain, which I don't have. That's not my issue, but mine at that time was clearly chronic sickness. And I was like, I can't go into a Broadway show and be sick all the time. And I actually just messaged her today because I'm like, it's been exactly one year since I was sick or lost my voice or anything like that. So, um, Mm. it's, it's, a that fear is a really, really powerful, primitive 
Mm. You know, it sets off a chain of events in your body that shut everything down because your brain is telling your body Mm. we're in danger, essentially. And we're going back to like caveman times, right? So what, what, you know, a Bengal tiger versus a Broadway stage, it's no different to the body. So (laughs) the same things happen, the same physical functions happen and the body's going, okay, if, if, if we're in danger of being eaten, then we got to shut down the things that you would use to go be on that Broadway stage, your voice, your chest, your breathing capacity, your ability to walk in high heels, whatever it is. Like people have all kinds of weird shit from sciatica to neck problems, you know, and it's a real, real biological, physiological mind body connection. That is the most powerful tool I could ever impart to any performer. Yeah. So yes is the answer. I've had all the challenges and, and I think it's something we should talk about. Gratefully, I've never had to have surgery. I have a ton of friends who have, and mm, yeah. it's, it happens. Like, I just think that the stigma and the sort of shame of it, you know, I, I also, mm. you know, the same way I know you, you have one child or multiple? Two. Oh my God. <laughs> Two. So I'm double, sure double. I've heard there's a lot of stuff around being pregnant and childbirth and post-childbirth and being a mom that like a lot of things that moms don't talk about, but when they do, they're like, oh my, oh my God, I'm so glad you feel the same way. You know, I think <laughs> there's a lot of shame yeah. associated with things because we think it means weakness or we think it means we did something wrong. And it's just like, hmm. it's, you know, apparently, you know, the most technical of all singers the opera singers they have surgery all the time do you know what I'm saying like it's yeah it's not anything that people have done wrong and it's not anything to be ashamed of I think it's a conversation that needs to happen that even those who are you know I I sing like a fool like I do my technique and I I work the skills but when we get on stage that's all bets are off like I'm not forsaking the material for technique. It's just not happening. So Mm -hmm. of course I go home tired. Of course, you know, of course I've had issues because like, you know, I'm using it. And that's exactly what my voice doctor said. He was like, I'm not showing you your chords because you have the chords (laughs) of a 40 something year old who sings the way you sing. (laughs) That's all there is to it. I, (laughs) it's it's, you know what it's pure joy to hear you talk about those things because all those you know I've gone through all of that as well and it's just it's it's just joyous to hear and similar thing when I went back into Wicked it was that it was it was fear related can I do this again can I can I can I mentally put myself through this again and deal with all of those pressures and it's interesting what you say about uh, if you have problems with your voice or something triggers or, you know, our tool, our, our, our livelihood, it, 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 it gets faltered in any way. It, it has an effect on your entire life. Like you, it affects yeah. your brain, it yeah. affects your body. Like you say, you get sick because you, your body breaks down, you can't cope with it. And I think that stays with you. And, it, you know, I think if a lot of young uh, students or aspiring actors, singers listen to you talk about that. I think they're going to be very grateful. So thanks for sharing. Oh, for sure. I'm so glad you're, you're having the conversation. I mean, we're here because of your, you. So, but I think that the biggest (laughs) thing is exactly what you're saying. Body, body, body. It's like what I realized and learned in all this is I just hadn't trusted my body. I just felt like Mm. you, me and my body are separate and you fail me and I don't trust you and you break down and you're not delivering. And what I realized working with Nicole is your body is actually working for you. Like all that stuff in the breakdown, it thinks it's helping you. So reframing that relationship and even still during quarantine, I'm learning things about my body and I'm like, 
oh, Mm. this all stems from me just like not trusting you and not trusting you to, you know, do your job. And our bodies are incredible. And it's the same thing. Like, I don't know if you coach students ever or or teach voice or anything like that, but when you see, and you see them foregoing the lyric, ignoring the intention and lyric for the, for the vocal sound. And I'm like, your body knows what to do. Let it do. You focus. Forget about it. Yeah. It's all (laughs) the same thing. So children, trust your bodies, get into a good relationship with them. And that's why you love yoga. Yoga is like all about, you know, just trust your body to do Mm. what it does and get out of the way. Get out of the way. That's so brilliant. That's great. Um, Okay. So something brighter. Tell me me one of the highest points of your your career, your life that, you know, something that's really, you've gone, wow, this has blown my mind. This is, this is it. This is the big one. Oh, I think there've been so many moments. What I've realized is like, that's what life looks like. That's what our careers look like. It's a bunch of moments. It's, it's rarely a sustained thing. There's this beautiful Judith Light quote that, um, that, uh, Celia posted a couple weeks ago that was like, it's, it's life is the context, right? And these little, the, it's just been a million little moments. So I, you know, one of my first big things was, um, obviously hairspray hairspray was an extraordinary experience. Um, I got to sing backup for Michael Jackson at the big Madison square garden concert <gasps> that was the day I've before nine 11. <laughs> so massive what? highlight, right? Um, waitress, obviously a huge highlight wicked, obviously massive highlight. Um, you know, I did my big album release show at the Apollo two summers ago, massive highlight. Cynthia and I did our Christmas show at the Apollo, um, you know, at Christmas, you know, big, big, beautiful highlights like that. Just little, you know, I'm sure I'm missing a million, but like, those are the, the biggest, easiest ones that come to mind. There's, you know, the day you, the day you release your album into the world, you know, each one that Mm. comes out is it's like, whoo, did that, you know? So. Oh, it's amazing. Is that, is that, is there anything you, I mean, you're always creating and looking, you know, and doing new things and you do so many different things is if, if you, if there was in five years time, you could do anything, you could be doing anything. What, what would it be? I don't think it looks terribly different from now, except for, I just always want the stakes to be higher. I want the venues to be bigger and the people I get to collaborate with to be more inspiring and more chat, like challenge me more. I want you know, the, the reach and the, and the, I just want it more meat. Like it's like just bigger, meatier things to, to, to tackle. I love yeah. also, I have a little series out here that I produce. Um, I'm, I'm loving producing. I'm loving being behind the scenes. I'm loving, you know, not just creating opportunities and visions for myself, but for other people as well. So, um, I, I love sort of the life and the opportunities that I've created and that, that, that find me, but I would just love for them to keep, you know, the Mm. stakes and the challenges to just be bigger and bigger. I'm going to regret saying that, but yes. (laughs) No, you're not. No, I, I, I feel the same. It's like, it's like talking to my inner self. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, it's like we're leading parallel lives. We're kindred. Um, so one more thing before we finish, because I could talk to you all day and we, I'm, you know, we could talk about all sorts of stuff and um, we'll have to get you back on next season because I'd love so to. It's, been, to it's such you. an honor to thank you for thinking of me. I was so honored when you reached out. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I wanted to ask her one final question. 
If she could look back on her 20-year-old self or anyone young and up-and-coming in this industry, when things get tough, how would you keep calm and carry on? I'm still, I would tell my 42-year-old self this as well, which is you're, <laughs> you're enough. Who you are is enough. You don't have to try to be, I think it's really great to to take inspiration from other people and, you know, follow their lead in certain ways and, and get, but like who you are and how you do what you do is enough. I saw this video the other day. Quarantine makes the most beautiful things happen. This, this <laughs> incredible pianist, accompanist, piano player, songwriter here in, in um, the States, in New York, he started this chain of the greatest piano players. Well, 12 of the greatest. There is obviously a million greatest, but 12 of the greatest around the world. He did like this thing where he started playing Amazing Grace and then he had them all do it too. And then he pieced it all together in this like 12 minute video of Amazing Graces. And it's like, you go from person to person to person. And each time I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's the best. Oh no, this guy's like, you cannot, you cannot rank art. Like each one of them Mm -hmm. has a very different, distinct voice. Each one of them is extraordinary in their own way. And it was like a smack across the face of like, stop comparing. There is no better than there's just Mm -hmm. different. It's like, yeah, just who you are is enough. Just keep your eyes on your own page. Yes. Look up every once in a while for inspiration, but just who you are is enough. I'm still learning that lesson. (laughs) That's amazing. How brilliant. What a perfect end. That's just, I'm sure you've inspired so many people today and and you certainly inspired me and it's just been such a joy. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories and your, uh, it's just been wonderful. Thank you. Oh my God. Likewise. You are such an extraordinary, (laughs) extraordinary talent i have admired you from afar for so many years so it's a pleasure to and let's do something you. together I'm, let's do something yes together. it's time we're overdue <laughs> it's time <laughs> thank you my love All right, take care thanks you too baby thank you so much for listening to my podcast today i hope you've got something from this that stays with you or helps you on your journey please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the apple podcast store 